like a hey there's a big name player if we make him into a coach that can draw tickets as well because guess what like like Nate McMillan, you're not gonna put a picture of him on like your tickets and on your banners. <laughs> but Steve Nash, you're gonna you're gonna fucking put Steve Nash in a nice ass fucking suit pointing into some sort of direction and it's gonna say Nets basketball. And I I get it. He he looked he he does know how to wear a suit, he does know how to point. I he looks good in like every picture after the year 2012. And I, I get it. He's a very marketable person. It's going to work. I'm just thinking of your casual basketball fan getting a ticket with Nate McMillan on it and being like, yo, why is there a stock photo on my fucking ticket? All because of Mr. RJ. That was uh, that was. Did you see LeBron like clap back? Clap back. Well, that was because like, why did they? They didn't have to bring him into this. He had nothing to do with it. No, it was totally fucking fuck Jay Williams, man. He was a clown. I thought it was Richard Jefferson who did it. No, well, so what happened no. was this Richard, Richard Jefferson Jeff- his thing. He said Jay Williams was like, well, but then Jay Williams clapped back and he was like, well, LeBron was kind of the Scotty Pippen for William Wayne way when he went to Miami. Burr, 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 burr. And then, yeah. Like, bro, I get that your job is to get people to click and to like listen to you and talk about what you're doing. But like, dude, fuck off, man. Like, I like go blow Skip Bayless. Like, holy shit. Oh, LeBron is Robin. LeBron, dude, no, fuck that. Like, if there's anybody who thinks there wasn't a clear number one person on that team and it wasn't LeBron, you're a fucking idiot and clearly don't ever watch basketball. All you do is watch hot takes. That shit, I'm sorry. It pissed me off. But you know what? Richard Jefferson brought it back around when he said he was like Scott Burrell. <laughs> That's, yo, Richard Jefferson says a lot of outlandish shit, but he's funny as fuck. I love that guy. He's very funny. I like him. I like him. Hilarious. Uh, welcome back, y'all. I'm sorry, dude. That was that was so heated for early in the. And I'm not even. It's I'm okay. not feeling well. Okay. <laughs> like you would you would think that I would have less energy, but like Jay Williams, you guys started talking about it. And I just got. Man, fuck Jay Williams. I get it, dude. I get it. Listen, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? You know, he ruined he ruined years of Bulls basketball for me. Well, that's. He ruined it. Yes. He ruined everything. Well, all right. If you really think about it, there's no way he was going to be that good. No I way. Think that's, I don't think that's true. Nah, no way. He wasn't that good. That We're not here for this. But listen, listen, man. He doesn't wreck that motorcycle. Y'all don't get D Rose. You're right. You're right. That was a good four years. It was fun four years. Well, now I'm sad. All right. Well, <laughs> this is going to be a fun podcast. I've done my job. Way to go. Welcome back, y'all. This no, is episode 146 of NBA. We are back with another episode of your regularly scheduled programming now that the NBA is back. Clearly, we, uh, you know, last week took a break from our, our typical episode to, to cover some. Some uh, some stuff that was a little bit more important, but the NBA has decided to come back, and so have we. So this week we're going to start by breaking down some of the matchups that have uh, occurred over the last week or so. Um, get caught up on the playoffs and talk about some current events, gentlemen. We had two game sevens this week. Two. I gotta Jesus. say, just as a standalone, I think the first round overall was pretty successful and pretty. Uh, pretty competitive across the board, minus a couple of series. There's a couple of ass whoopings. Are we not? Are we not introducing ourselves? 
Oh, I guess we should. Yeah, my name is uh, I'm I'm your host Jake Keyless, aka Steve Mashed. Uh, my brother from the West Coast. Introduce yourself, sir. Uh, Nikki Keyless, aka Richard Jefferson. Uh, yeah, aka OG. Wait, OG Ananobi One Kenobi. Not bad. Not yeah. bad. Not you bad. gotta take a second to like remember how to say it because it's a it's a lot of syllables. It's a lot. It's a lot. That's that a tongue twister. Say that five times fast. I can't even say it once. My brother, my brother with a lot less melanin. Introduce yourself, sir. Hey, what's up? It's Tad. I'm sick. I don't have an AKA. You know what? But you kept me on. You kept me on what we normally do. You know, you kept me back on track. You brought me back in. You reeled me in. I was getting started. And you kept me focused. So for that. Which honestly is I impressive for me, frankly, because I feel like my brain is operating at about 45% capacity right now. Likewise. I've been up since three. I don't know why. I just woke up at 3 a.m. this morning to the sounds of a what I thought was a car crash. I think it was just someone Sick. like just like Skrr! no, it was clearly a car going Skrr! and I was just like, oh no, Bob, because he said he had to get up early to go to work, and I just just immediately thought it was him, and then I was like, oh no, that he doesn't have to leave for work for another three hours, and then I never fell back asleep. Tight. Yeah, I was just like, damn, I'm probably gonna take a nap after this. Yeah, probably a good call. Well, let's let's get into what I was I started talking about, which was guys, I think the first round was pretty successful. Agree, disagree? Yes, I agree. I had a blast watching it. I completely agree. It was Yeah. It was so good. Like there were so many good series. I mean, there were some terrible ones, you know, like the Celtics and the 76ers and the Magic and the Bucks. But, like, even, like, Portland got the shit beat out of them, but, like, that was even entertaining for the first few games, like, first two or three games. Yeah. Well, yeah, at first. Um, and I also feel like a lot of the games um, where even when they ended with blowouts, at least, like, very often the first half was a pretty close game. And then a lot of them just started to get away in the second half. So at least you could be like, oh, that was a good first half of basketball. Now I can watch something else when the yeah, guys started getting away from them. There were only like three series that I really didn't pay attention to, which was like Miami, Indiana after the first two games, mm-hmm. uh, Toronto, Brooklyn, and then Milwaukee, Orlando. I didn't really pay much attention to those. The rest of them I was pretty keyed in on. And to the point that you guys made, like the basketball was pretty damn competitive. And we had a couple six game series. We had two seven game series, you know, five game series. Um, but yeah, like overall the, the first round was competitive, but I do want to focus on these two seven game series that we got this week. I don't know about you guys, but we were texting about this. I completely forgot that Utah was up three, one. I completely forgot. Yeah. I think it's also because they were the lower seed. So it's just kind of the whole time you were like, wow, I can't believe they're doing so well. But yeah, they kind of blew it. It was. Yeah. yeah. You know, that 3-1 lead was like maybe the shakiest 3-1 lead. I had no confidence in Utah to close that out, especially no. after the way that the Nuggets beat them in game five. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, all credit goes to Jamal Murray. Like there's. There's no ifs, ands, or buts yeah. about it. I mean, Nicole Jokic played his ass off in Game 7, which we'll talk about Game 7 here in, in a second. But, like, all credit goes to Jamal Murray. Like, I, I Tad, thoughts on the level at which Jamal Murray played and whether or not that is, of course, that level. I mean, he averaged, like, 47 points over three games. But, like, that level of of player where he kind of stepped up into, like, stardom, do you think that is a feasible expectation for him going into 2021? Honestly, yeah. And 
if you asked me six months ago, I probably would have said no. But like, I think everybody has like sort of been waiting for him to kind of take this next sort of leap. And I'll give you, it's in the bubble. I'll give you, there's no, you know, fans in the stands. You don't have home court, none of that stuff. Like, I'll give you that. Like, that does take, that does take a little bit away from it. But like, I, for the first time, I think in Jamal Murray's career, like the moment wasn't too big. If that makes any sense. Like we've seen him play at a high level before, but like he shrinks in the big moment. And like this time he was bigger than the moment. And it was like, I'm not, I don't mean to speak in like fucking platitudes and like the shit that like, you know, people say, but like, that's honestly exactly what happened. Like he was so good and he was, it was so, it was so fun to watch. And I was rooting for the jazz. And I, I I was so hardcore rooting for the Jazz and watching him like go off in those games like that that game where he scored like twelve straight points and literally was throwing the ball into the ocean was one of the most fun times I've ever had watching basketball. What's crazy about that series is so before this year, only three guys had ever scored fifty points twice in the same series: Michael Jordan, Oscar Robertson, Will Chamberlain. Then Donovan Mitchell does it, and we're like, holy shit, what a series. And then Jamal Murray follows it up by doing the same exact thing in the same exact series. Never in the history of the NBA have two guys dropped two 50-point games in the same series. Also, never on, happened. On top of that, another thing, now the number one and number two uh, leaders for most threes made in a playoff series are Jamal Murray it's, is in second with 32, and 33 is Donovan Mitchell. I mean, it was the NBA. I mean, we talked about this. So we were we were texting about this all week. But like, the NBA is in great hands. Like, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, it was nice to see Donovan Mitchell play that way because he often gets forgotten in terms of like young stars in the NBA. But he is so formidable. Even in that last game, like he brought them back to to tying it up and like really, you know, kind of going back and forth with Denver in that in that game four. Or pardon me, in that game seven. But uh, Nikki, I mean, you've always kind of banged this drum that like Jamal Murray is is the key to unlocking Denver Nuggets. What, uh, what were your overall impressions of, of his play throughout the series? I mean, first things first, it feels nice to be right. <laughs> I mean, clearly, I, I I think every game that they lost, he I, I'm not saying he had terrible games because the first game, no, the first game they won and he did have a good game. It's just uh, he was outshined by Donovan Mitchell scoring fifty. Uh, was it like fifty-seven or something like that? I think he dropped thirty-seven in that first game. No, no, no. Uh, Donovan Mitchell in the yeah, first game. Oh, thirty-seven. The second game, then he scored fifty. Yeah, something like that. Oh, uh, okay. Was, he, scored 50, he scored fifty-seven. In, fifty-seven in game one. Yeah, oh. yeah, game one. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, but the Nuggets ended up still winning, and Jamal Murray played great in that game too. Uh, but like the games that Jamal Murray didn't end up playing that well, which were like. Two and three for sure. He didn't end up doing that well. They lost pretty badly in the in game two. Yeah, pretty badly in game two. Then he stepped it up in game four. They still lost though, but it was a like a much closer matchup. And then he just turned the Jets on, and they fucking played great. Um, and you know, like Jokic, he's obviously like I said, he's gonna always do what he does, and he fucking went off in that final game. Then he started off like five for five or something in the first quarter. Yeah. In game seven, like he was zoned in the entire time. He's, he's clearly the best center in the league at this point. And now he has 
he has that like sort of second piece that he needs to help this team. But Jamal Murray has to keep it up because we've already seen game one against the Clippers. They got that ass whooped. Yeah, that wasn't pretty. I do want to talk about game seven, though, because um, that shit was rough to watch. Yeah, it was a bad like, game. It was a, it was a fucking rock fight. I mean, yeah. it was like an NCAA championship game. Like, f- 80 to 78. What a fucking... <laughs> ugh, ugh. And the thing is, it wasn't even like a defensive... Like a, a heavy defensive no, matchup. It was just, they were just it was, dead. Guys, what dead. the hell are you talking about? That is classic. 2003 basketball, baby. It was so rough. So great. The fourth what? quarter was really, 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 really enjoyable. But I wouldn't even say the entirety of the fourth quarter. Like the last three minutes of that series were enjoyable. The rest of it was just like awful. And I think a it lot was- of people were like, yo, Jamal Murray back to normal. Drop 17. Like a pretty meh game for him. Uh, which is pretty on par with, I mean, he was an 18 point per game scorer during the season. So everybody was like, Oh, he's back down to earth. I think we need to take a step back here and acknowledge that like those guys played seven games. The, the large majority of the scoring uh, onus was on Jamal throughout the series. Although, you know, Jokic played, he, he played decent throughout the series. His last, I mean, that 30, 14 was like quiet. Like I hadn't even realized that he was racking up those kind of stats. Um, but you know, Utah, of course, nearly misses winning the game. I thought that Conley shot was going in. Like, legit, Ooh, I was like, me oh, too. fuck, that's incredible. I stood up. I stood up off my couch. Oh, I, I, was like, I, literally, I literally put my hands in the air. I was like, oh, there I, it is. I, I, Bob was in the other room uh, watching. I think he was watching The Sopranos, and I just got up. I was like, game, fuck. And Bob was it like, was were so you wrong? wrong? <laughs> I was like, oh, I was if, so wrong. If that shot oh. goes in, what was real – I think – what was really interesting for me for this game seven is one of those coaches is getting fired one mm-hmm. way or the other. One of those coaches was getting fired as a result of this game. Um, I'm sad. And it's Quinn. I really like Quinn Snyder. I am too, but he's been there now for eight seasons. I think it's time for them to make a change. Yeah. Um, and maybe not, maybe they just see it through. I don't think he's a bad coach at all. The Bogdanovich thing, like the Bogdanovich thing hurt them. But, like, you were up 3-1. You blew the lead. It's time. You're done. Yeah. You're done. And Mike Malone, if they lose that series, he you're been done, done, dude. You're done. Yeah, yeah man. Mike Malone, uh, that's a guy I've, like, pretty vehemently defended and been a big champion of for a long time. I think we all have. I don't know if that guy can win in the playoffs. I mean, he like, they obviously, they won this series. But, like, yikes. Yeah, yeah, it I mean, wasn't was great. Some, no, there was some rotation shit like that he had to get in order. Their defense is atrocious. Like it's so bad. Atrocious. It's so bad. It's been they're bad all season though. Bad. They're terrible at defense. Also, they're not Dude, did you guys disciplined. I can't believe that Jamal Murray and Tory Craig tried to fucking lay it up instead of pulling it back. They yeah. almost blew the game. Preposterous. They almost blew the game. They almost blew like the game. preposterous. I, that that insane to me. <laughs> Just insane. I, you have a 3 on 1. Just dribble it out. It's over. Dribble the game's it over. There was, there was t- what, 27 seconds left? Maybe 42 seconds left? Maybe like, less than that. Pull it back. Go to the line. Get some extra points. It was yeah. insane. It was it was an insane, like, final two minutes of that game. You know, the steal, the the fast break, the miss, the the near hit from Mike Conley. Um, what would you guys like to see? I guess two things. What would you guys like to see Utah do going into next year? Major moves. Um 
And I don't think we really need to talk about Denver because they're going to get fucking they're going to get mollywop by the Clippers. Like it's just it's incredible. Last night's game was incredibly apparent that like they are so overmatched and tired for that matter. They're so tired. Yeah, they just look. They look so tired. And Jokic is not skinny anymore. (laughs) Now run. Yo, man, dude's been ordering. He never uh, could. He's been he's been ordering too much room service. Oh yeah, uh, I think at, uh, like uh, Mickey Mouth ears, like the elephant ears, just big old fucking thing of dough. <laughs> Dip that uh, in some caramel sauce. Call it a night. Oof, I just touched my nipple. I don't remember um, what talking about at this point, but the, yeah, I mean, I mean Denver, Denver's gonna get, Denver's gonna get, it's, it's over. They're, I think they're gonna get swept. It's gonna get swept. They are. They're 100 gonna get swept. And that's. I'm not trying to give any disrespect to the Nuggets, but I watched that game last night. And was like at the beginning, I was like, "Oh, you know what? Maybe the Jazz have a little bit of fight." And then, like as the game kind of went on, I was like, "Oh no, nope, nope, nope! This is bad." And yeah. then it got out of hand real fast. I, I um, think they need to find they need to find a suitor for Rudy. I think it's time. I don't think I think Rudy is a great regular season player, and you can't win with him in the playoffs. I disagree. I, I also think. feel like he's the reason they stuck in, in in game seven. I think he played a nice solid three minutes towards the end where he got some some clutch buckets and like went up strong. But overall, he's kind of a net zero on the offensive end. He played great defense on Jokic. I thought he played phenomenally on, on Jokic. But like, yeah, I, I just I think if you're going to do something with that team, like they need a lot. They need a second score beyond. Like without Mitchell, they have zero offense like. They're they're not getting much from anybody. I mean, Conley was kind of on and off the entire series. Uh, Jordan Clarkson was basically their second best offensive option the entire series. Like, I just think you can you can trade him and stock up and get a little bit more depth on that team because like Joe Ingles looked bad. Mike Conley was kind of up and down. Like, it, there's just not much there. See, so it, I'm glad you mentioned that too because I mean. Like Joe Ingles, like I respect what the guy's doing, but like, I mean, his limitations are pretty obvious. Oh yeah, like you know, um, yeah, man, like yeah, and then I honestly though, I think the big thing for me is like Mike Conley is a fifteen million dollar player who's being paid thirty million dollars a year, and like. I don't begrudge the Jazz for going and getting him because they needed to do something. But like Mike Conley just ain't it. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Like they, what they, they just need they, to go and get oh, what ahead. they need to go get. I was gonna say what they need to go and get is Ricky Rubio. I mean, they already had him and that didn't work either. So it's not the move. It they the need, move is they, they need, need another scoring wing. They for they sure need, need a score. Yeah. They need a scoring wing. Yeah, and I don't even know who's out there. Like somebody, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they threw out the "let's just trade bad contract for bad contract" and see who you know, like who benefits more. Like, let's send Mike Conley to the Philadelphia, and let's bring over Al Horford, and let's just see if we can no. swing that. No, no that sounds terrible. No, I just don't know what they need. No, what I think truly is uh, Jingles got to get on out. He's they got to get rid of him and put someone who can score there. Brandon Ingram might leave New Orleans. You think he would go there? No, he would not go to Utah. He'd probably yeah, they can't York. afford him. That's true. They can't. 
that he's going to get maxed out. Like he's he's going to get maxed yeah. out somewhere. I feel I feel terrible for whatever NBA team does that, and inevitably it'll be fucking Orlando. So, um, I <laughs> mean, he's, he's going to stay put. He'll stay put in in New Orleans. That would be my guess. God, dude, who's fuck? Like that's the problem. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm happy about. I I appreciate players making their money and whatnot. Good for all those guys. But like, the problem with the NBA, frankly, is there's like such a like the talent pool is not as deep as other sports. Like NFL, you can get a six round draft pick who turns out to be like a star middle linebacker, right? Like you're, you're, you're starting middle linebacker. You're paying, you know, $12 million a year to gets hurt. And you put in this fucking, you know, rookie from Valdosta state. And it's like, Oh, this kid's actually pretty good. And is that a real college? Yes. Wow. And the uh, fuck is that? Oh, I have no idea. I just know it's a real college. I don't know where it is. I assume California just based on the name, but like the NBA, like you don't, you don't have that luxury. And so like these guys that like don't deserve these huge contracts get maxed out. Like Brandon Ingram, dude, Kevin Durant is a max contract player. Are, by giving Brandon Ingram a max contract, are we saying that Brandon Ingram and Kevin Durant are the same? Because they're not, fucking not. That's not how that works. You can't just but, say there's there's max contract guys throughout the NBA. They're not all equivalent. That yes, that's my the point that I'm making is that contracts in the NBA are fucking out of hand. Where like you have to give guys max contracts because guess what? Somebody else will. And it's like for a guy that like isn't really like a max it level contract. Good, like deserve all that money. Yeah, I di- I disagree. The guy the guy went from from 18 points a game to nearly 25 a game all his shooting numbers went up like I, yeah I don't, I and don't the pelicans won winning. so many games and they were so good I'm not and like they're still in player. the playoffs and definitely didn't leave the bubble before the playoffs oh wait no none of that happened brandon ingram stinks he puts up big numbers on a terrible team he where hey where was his 25 a night when he was playing with lebron and the lakers well that's a fit issue i 100 um, stop, stop fitting out and start fitting in also, yes, I, but my thing is him and LeBron both need the ball in order to do what they do and put up Brandon the numbers Ingram that they put up. Stinks. Brandon Ingram will never win anything in this league, and he will be a guy who scored a ton of points. He will be he will be Adrian Dantley. That is Brandon Ingram. A Hall of Famer. Adrian Dantley is not a Hall of Famer. Yes, he is. Wait, am I thinking of the wrong person? Also, I think you're th- thinking about Alex English. Also, I should mention. I'm not thinking uh, about Alex English. Uh, Valdosta State is in Georgia, and their most famous alumni oh. is uh, Nancy Grace. So, wow. Also, Adrian Dantley is a Hall of Famer, six-time All-Star, two-time scoring champ, two-time All-NBA, uh, Rookie of the Year in '76, '77. Also, All Rookie. All right, fine. Bad comparison, but like, or, or good comparison. But also, no. n- numbers are probably going to be close. Twenty-four point three points per game, five point seven rebounds. 3.0 assists at 54% shooting, but he shot 17%. You know what? You know who, you know who, Brand, you know who Brandon Ingram will be? Brandon Ingram will be Kiki Vandeweghe. No, that's ridiculous. Dude, guy scored a ton of points. Nobody remembers him. Are you ready? That's ridiculous. Wow. Look um, at Kiki's hair. I do want to talk about the next series though. The other seven game series that we were able to take in the other day, which was Rockets. OKC. Now, I I need to say that I was vindicated because the first two games I thought I looked like an idiot saying that this was going to be the most exciting series. It did end up going seven games. It was a very exciting series. This game seven was far more entertaining than the Denver um, uh, uh, Utah series. 
And uh, boy, did we get a barn burner. Now, I'm going to say this, and I've told you guys this in our text thread. I was so happy to see this series end because I was so done with the crafty battle between the Rockets and OKC. You've got two teams (laughs) that game the system and like flop and do all the shit that just annoys the bejesus out of NBA fans. Go the last two minutes of that game, the amount of bodies that were on the floor throughout the last two minutes of that game. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It was hard to watch, but at the same time, somehow it was a very competitive series. Um, Lou Dort dropping 30, 30 in game seven. The youngest, the only ever undrafted rookie to drop 30 points in a game seven (laughs) in NBA history. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I I saw that. I was like, there was like only undrafted NBA or only undrafted (laughs) rookie to drop 30 points in a game seven. And I was like, yeah, we're really reaching for a stat here, yeah. huh? On a, okay. on a Tuesday. Really quick. This is very specific, I know, but I, I can never not forget this stat. This was when Derek Lee played for the Cubs. I know, baseball, sorry. But the announcer on the radio had said that Derek Lee was hitting, I think it was like seven, at this point in time, like 725 uh, with 13 home runs anytime he played at home and the wind was blowing in. And the person was like, that's a, the, the announcer himself said, that's a ridiculously specific, like not like exactly that, but he was just like, that's a specific stat. Next thing you know, Derek Lee hit a home run. <laughs> I was just like, whoa. Crushed it. it cannot Dude, shout out Derek Lee, man. Shout out 2003. What a good year that was. I was like 12. It might've been in 2003. No, no, no. I don't want to talk about 2003. It was a sad year. Um, Sorry, shout case. out like 2005. My bad. I, excuse me. I apologize. I was like 14, not 12 in 2005. So thank you. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about the series guys. Uh, game seven, Nikki, uh, reactions to that game seven, how it ended, um, thoughts on, on both teams. Why didn't you just pass it to Steven Adams? That's I mean, all, like, that was, that was an easy, like easy roll to the basket. DJ Tucker goes up to his belly button and also gave him the basket, lob it up, let the literal giant catch it, dunk the ball. Hello, second round. In Shea's defense, Steven Adams did not roll to the basket. He actually went up to go grab the ball. No, 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 no. I know that. But what I'm saying is as soon as Shea said, and here we go, and you very clearly saw him just standing like this with, you know, with his front to the basket, nobody in front of him, all you have to do is throw it up. Steven Adams would have known to catch it. He's not going to forget to catch a basketball and dunk it. I understand that, but what I'm saying is, like, in in Shea's defense, like, Steven Adams rolled up. Not at first. He did not roll to the basket. He just stood at the free throw line and then rolled up to go get the ball. It was a terrible, terrible Let me say this. Before they called the timeout. Let me say this. They got to fire Billy Donovan. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's happening. You got to fire Billy Donovan. That's how you end that game. They had had so many chances. So many chances. And, like, he literally – he burned a timeout before they even were going to – like, they didn't even they didn't even count down the five seconds. They handed Shea the ball, and he called another timeout to draw something else up. And, like, bro, if that's what you drew up with the second timeout, you should have just gone with your first game plan because I guarantee you there's no way it could have been worse than that. That was I... – Lauren and I were watching the game, 
And Lauren was like, well, I got to stay up and watch this now. She's like so tired laying on the couch. Like I'm like sitting up. I'm like, you know, really into it. And they fucking throw that ball away on that inbounds play. And Lauren literally just goes, are you serious? <laughs> it's uh, yeah. She's like, that was the most anticlimactic thing I've ever seen. Dude, it was so bad. Like, how do you not get a shot off? Also, shout out my man Danilo Gallinari for fucking bricking a free throw. <laughs> My God! Every everything everything went everything that possibly could have gone wrong in the last two minutes of that game. It all just tumbled. Lou Dort trying to throw the ball through James Harden's legs. That was the funniest goddamn thing I've ever seen. Terrible call on his part. Like I I just don't like call timeout. Throw it his chest, bro. Call his chest. Call timeout. Yo, man, Lou Dort's an undrafted rookie. You think the guy has the wherewithal to call a fucking timeout? I get it. I get it. Call timeout. That was a bad play. Danilo misses the free throw. That's bad. The out-of-bounds play, terrible. Now, James Harden, that stop, incredible. Great Inc- what an incredible defensive play. For that guy is uh, like shit the rest of that game. You know, As he himself said. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know before like the playoff games or like the finals games, they do the uh the intro and it's like all the big plays over the years. Like, you know, you got like Hakeem, like shaking David Robinson out of his goddamn shoes. And you know what I'm talking about? It's like little montage, yeah. like mashup of like all those big time plays, bro. That, that, that hardened block has to go on there. I mean, it was incredible. The and amount of ground that he like, ah, that he's screams afterwards, the but they have to thing. cut before he starts swearing. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was incredible. It was an incredible play. Uh, to to yeah, I mean like just the, the whole the whole sequence was incredible. Um especially, you know, to that point, the way that he played that day, and honestly, the way that he played in game six, like I don't know about you guys, but I was severely, severely disappointed in James Harden because he did it again. He did that thing where he just kind of like he shrinks when the game is on the line. Like he just kind of like I mean, in game six, he was actively running away from the ball. Just yeah. and in game seven, you saw like D'Antoni takes him out and puts Russ in, and Russ is just like, I genuinely don't give a shit. I'm going at the basket. Good luck stopping me. Which I wish you would have done that in game six, because in game six, motherfucker had like nine turnovers. I mean, he was yeah. so bad. Seven. 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 Let's call it eight. Um I mean he was <laughs> but, so it, but it was bad. but it was seven. Like statistic, like on the official score sheet, it was it was seven. And a half. Um I listen, I'm not a statistician. <laughs> The point is, um, it was a fucking incredible play. The game was overall quite entertaining outside of just like, I'm just, I was so sick of Chris Paul by the end of it. I really was. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm enamored by his playing style when he's playing actual basketball, but the chippy bullshit and the like locking arms with James Harden and like who really fouled who I was just, I was losing my mind. The the announcers kept talking about how crafty each of them was. I was just like, (laughs) I'm so done with this, this crafty bullshit. It's so fucking annoying. Yeah. I Uh, mean like quick question. Frankly, like, Oh, I just want to ask a quick question. I know we're the worst. I hate you guys. You go first because I think yours is probably closer to what Jay's currently saying. Could there be two worst teams playing each other? I completely agree. No, yeah, like, I don't think there was. I, I don't think it's possible. I, like I watched the whole series and I enjoyed it, and the basketball was very entertaining. And I love Chris Paul. I am, I am a Chris Paul fan. Like he was one of my favorite players in the league. I like Shea. 
I kind of like Russ. I like Robert Covington for whatever reason. That's a guy I just really love. He played so well in that game. Yeah, summer. he's great. Yeah. I like PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker's just a good, like, just a grinder, you know? You just appreciate what PJ Tucker's doing night in and night out. But, like, the complaining and the bitching and the working the fouls and, like, the little ticky tack shit. I'm just like, dude, my God. And it was, you were talking about it earlier, like, the last, like, two minutes of that game, like, there were just bodies hitting the ground everywhere. And I listen to this hockey podcast called Spitting Chicklets. And they they say like when like you know you're like gonna psych somebody out, they go sound. And they posted a video on their they have a spitting chicklets memes Instagram account. And every time somebody like one of the players on the like either team hits the ground, it just goes sound. And it's literally the last like there's a 30 second clip where it's just like sound, sound. Sound, 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 because it's just somebody fucking hitting the ground. And I'm like, my God, dude, honestly, like that was the, the worst basketball. I, I, like the last 30 seconds of that game were was worse than the entirety of the Nuggets jazz game seven. And that game oh, yeah. was bad. Oh, but the so last bad. 30 seconds was worse than the 48 minutes that or the. 60 minutes that they played in wow Ted Jesus Christ good math I'm sick leave me alone um, so either way terrible. my point stands yeah I'm done I'm uh, just gonna stop talking Nikki, my, here's my one question do you think Chris Paul stays or gets traded somewhere no I think they're gonna trade him I, I think they're I think they legitimately try to rebuild around Shea there's absolutely yeah. no way he's on that team next year. No yeah, way. Yeah, and Danilo's an expiring contract too, so he's gone. My yeah. guess is Danilo probably ends up in like Miami or something like that next year. Mm. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I don't see how he sticks around much longer. Um, and it's not it's not because he's unhappy. I think like that as a team, they I, I think they need to to look to like rebuild. It was a fun season. I actually don't think Billy Donovan's going to get fired. This is the first season he's really? actually been able. Here's why. Let me, well, here's why. Here's why. This is the first season since he's been the coach of OKC that he's actually been able to coach. He had to, he was basically, he was basically like, uh, uh, he was imprisoned by having to coach Russ over the last three years and really not being able to implement anything because Russ is kind of the anti system guy. Um, he now, for the first time ever, was able to implement his system and this team overperformed drastically like drastically compared to what they were supposed to do this season. I, I think, they, I think you definitely give him another season. I don't Is think they're going to fire Billy Donovan. Yeah. I just think he should be after that fucking atrocious out of bounds. I mean, we've, we've talked about him for years. Like he, he hasn't really coached since he's been, he's been an NBA coach because of the KD Russ situation and then the, yeah. the Russ PG situation. This was his, his first season where he actually got to coach. And I mean, the man got results. Like, look, the playoffs didn't, they took the, a team that on paper was far superior to seven games. Like, I think that says something. Um, they should, and came back uh, and down should, 2-0. Like, they should fire him and uh, hire Scott Brooks. <laughs> Great call. Um, let's move on Does to Scott some of the series. Get the same pass, though? Like, does Scott Brooks get the same pass? He had to coach Russ and KD the entire time. Like, yeah, and they gave him, what, eight years? Yeah, because he took him to a finals. When they, had like, James, when they had two of the best players in the NBA. He got KD for okay. one season. But like your excuse, your excuse for why they should keep Billy Donovan is because like he's finally getting a chance to coach, and it's like, oh, okay, so like Scott Brooks doesn't get the same 
benefit of the doubt? I don't know. I, I think that uh, Scott Brooks got KD and Russ at the height of their powers, and <laughs> no, Billy Donovan I, got I'm KD just, at I'm just, one. I'm just trying to be it. I'm just trying to be um, it. Uh, wait, I have one thing to say. I I Googled Scott Brooks because I wanted to see if he had gotten fired from uh, the Wizards yet, which he has not. Um, hmm. But I clicked into his Wikipedia page, and under his career section, there's this thing that says Washington Wizards 2016 to present. And it's two sentences. On April twenty sixth, on April twenty sixth, two thousand sixteen, Brooks was hired by the Washington Wizards, becoming the twenty fourth head coach in franchise history. The second sentence reads: He altered the culture of the Wizards in the off season and met with several players. That's it. That's all it says. It's very ominous. Like, yo, what? <laughs> like, there's check literally there's nothing else about his. He's been coaching there for four years. And there's nothing on his Wikipedia page about his tenure there outside of he altered the culture of them and met with several players in the offseason in 2017. Great. <laughs> Terrific. What did he do in 16, 18, 19, and 20? Oh, man, dude. I'm looking at – wow. It just really it, – it like gets it's, – it's like, oh, he won 49 games in his first season. And then he won 43 games. And then he won 32 games. And then he won 25 games. And it's like, yo, this dude is a terrible coach. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I derailed that game. completely, but like, you're not wrong. Wild. You're, not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, let's talk about the series that are going on currently in the Eastern Conference, both the Raptors and Bucks. Um, as of yesterday, of course, the Raptors are only down 2 1. They, they won on that OG. Uh, last second three, uh, and the Bucks who are playing Miami tonight uh, are currently down 2-0. Let's talk about the Raptors first and how that series has been going against Boston. Uh, Nikki, we'll start with you. Impressions um, on the Raptors' performance thus far? Um, I th- I truly think the Celtics have had their number this entire series. Um, I don't think they have someone who currently can put them over the edge. I just don't think Pascal is you know, stepped up to be this like the superstar who can carry them through the playoffs. Last year they had Kawhi and like Kyle Lowry's not gonna do it. He's he's more of a traditional point guard than gonna be like the guy who's just gonna drag you through the playoffs. And I just I think the defense of the Celtics and the the flow and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are so fucking good right now. They are just like firing on all cylinders. Yeah and like Jason Tatum I mean Jason Tatum Jalen Brown is not afraid of Pascal Siakam in the whatsoever. Slightest. No, he's in like I slightest. don't even care what you think you are. You're nothing just, to me. Just dn him up. I agree with you. Pascal has been a shell of himself. Kyle Lowry's like been thirty six percent. Yeah, I mean he's been bad. Uh, uh, Kyle Lowry's been fine. He definitely made some adjustments yesterday and like just went to the basket and used his body to his advantage. Uh, Fred Van Fleet had a good game yesterday, but the first two games was just like just not shooting well at all. And there's your problem. That's um, yeah, it yeah, right there. It. That team relies on Fred Van Vliet too much. And he's a good player. I'm oh, yeah. not taking anything away from the guy. He was huge when they won the championship last year. And like, I'm not trying to disparage him by any means, but like, dude, they just don't. It's really like, this shit is like, you don't see it so much in the regular. It's not as glaring in the regular season, but when you do not have a go-to score, it is so evident in the playoffs. Yeah. Because like when the intensity ratchets up a little bit and you don't have a guy that can just go out there and get you a bucket, like 
it becomes real, real evident. And like, I didn't watch a ton of the Raptors net series, but like, I didn't think they looked that good playing a pretty hapless nets team. Yeah. Like the, those nets weren't good. Like I don't dude, they're lucky they won yesterday. I don't even know if they get another one. I'm not sure if they get another one. They I might just, get one more. I disagree. I think this I think this series ultimately goes six. I still think Boston's gonna win. Here's the thing. Boston is so switchable. They have Kemba is playing out of his mind right now. Him and Jason Tatum together have been I mean, unstoppable. You know, Jason Tatum put up career high in game one. Kemba's fucking looking like Yukon Kemba with the fucking between the leg, you know, step back from the mid range. Like he's he's making them look silly. That pass to uh, to Thice yesterday was great. I mean, they're also, playing, uh, they're playing uh, super yo, well. Marcus Smart is fucking playing great right now. I mean, one incredible game. Minus sure. that, minus that stupid ass foul. Yeah, just incredible, incredible game. Hi, Lauren. Uh, <laughs> hello. Lauren just walked by everyone in the background. Gotta love it. Oh, we lost Nikki. Look at that. What time? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I gotta take a screenshot. That's too so good. Bad. So bad. It's not pretty. Oof. Oh, this man. is terrible. I didn't even realize we lost him. Oh, he's dead. He literally died. Look at him. I think I'm gonna keep this in the podcast because he looks so stupid. Oh, he looks so dumb. <laughs> I wish you could. You guys could see this. Well, as the listeners heard, Nikki froze. His face looks so stupid. <laughs> um, we're just going to jump right back into it. Um, Tad, um, you don't think that they get another one. Let's talk about no. it. I just don't, man. Like, I just... Dude, the Celtics have so many weapons. And I said it earlier in the year during the regular season, but Kemba is such a better player for that team than Kyrie ever was. Not that, not that Kemba Walker is better than Kyrie Irving like from a pure like basketball player standpoint, but like for this team, Kemba is exactly what they need. Yeah. Uh, dude, the Celtics, I don't know. I really like the Celtics team. They are so much fun to watch. They're so good. Uh, I think they're going to win this one. Probably. I don't, I don't know if I truly don't know if the Raptors are going to win another one, but I don't think the Celtics are going to make it to the finals. I think, Oh, you don't think I do actually the Celtics are my pick to win yeah, this I'm, the East. I I'm here with that. I'm I'm in the same. Place. I understand I it. They've been playing incredibly. I, I, I am. I am super excited for the potential of a Miami uh, Boston Eastern conference finals, just based off the fact that like, and that's my pick. They're incredibly comparable, which we can transition to that because that's been an interesting series. And, and I will continue tonight. I kind of want the Heat to make the finals. Just oh, yeah. I this I would I like to say one thing for that. I think the Heat. I Bucks. I love you. Uh, good luck next year getting Chris Paul or something. Uh, this this is this is the reason when I woke up woke up before Game Two of the Bucks Heat. I saw a post that had pointed out that since 2015, every NBA Finals has either had the Miami Heat or Andre Iguodala. It's fate, people. Whoa. Oh, that's actually wow. wild. That's 15, crazy. 16, 17, 18, and 19. Wow. wow. I think I think actually, no, it might be more than that. No, it couldn't be more than that. He never made it to the finals before he got to Golden State. No, I know, but uh But Miami when, did. When was the first one for the Heat? It might, was it 13 oh, or 14? Oh, now I know what you're saying. Um 
No, it would have been in 2011, right, when they lost to Dallas. So for nine years then? Oh, wow. Since 2011, yeah. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Literally all, all nine years the, the, the finals have featured the Miami Heat or Andrea Godala. Honestly, <laughs> since 2011, since uh, up until last year, the finals had featured LeBron James every year. Yeah. That Can we talk about that real quick? That's something that people don't talk People are like, well, he's three and six in the finals. So, uh, you know, Michael never lost a final series. Motherfucker, the guy went to nine straight NBA finals. But also, nine, eight, 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 sorry, eight straight NBA finals. I feel like, I truly feel like Michael would have gone to that many too had he not retired in the middle of it. I'm not trying to say LeBron is better than Michael Jordan. I'm just saying, like, people always throw that out there like, well, LeBron has lost six times in the Oh, NBA yeah. Finals. Like motherfuckers, so is tons of people. Yeah, but like people, people haven't even had six chances. Yeah, the dude went to eight straight finals, eight, and that those that last Cavaliers team was terrible. And LeBron picked him up, threw them on the wagon, and said, "We're going to goddamn finals, y'all. Get in, shut the fuck up, and we're going." So that and means twenty twenty, all of them will collide. Everything. I really want a Lakers Celtics finals. That's Lakers, what I want. I know. I, I feel like everyone wants that, but fuck that. I want Jimmy Butler to be in the finals. Well, let's I also kind of really want Jimmy Butler. Okay. Let's continue to talk about the series because it has been like Jimmy played, I mean, dropped 40 in game one, has been playing incredibly. And this team overall, like game two, Jimmy only dropped 10 points, but they had seven guys in double figures. Like, I mean, yeah. I saw a stat yesterday. You know, Bam has been a plus sixty-five when he's on the court in a series. Yeah, it's crazy. Plus I saw that on Twitter. And I think the Miami is a minus ten when he's off the floor. Like, if there's an MVP thus far through this series, it's Bam. Bam. Like he is. He's been a matchup nightmare for them. Everybody knows this is again, and we talked about this a little bit last series because of the Vucevic matchup with Milwaukee. I don't think Bud is a bad coach i do think that at this point in the season your rotation has to be so much shorter and he doesn't know he doesn't know how to he doesn't know how to run playoff rotations i mean he's got 10 guys like regularly playing kyle corver is playing meaningful minutes for this team and Giannis Giannis was the only Giannis was the only player on the bucks who played more than 35 minutes the other day and and honestly, like how he's not playing forty every game during the playoffs at this point. I don't, like, I don't know if he even can. He's a big dude. I I think he absolutely can. Bud did not play him. I think he only averaged twenty eight minutes a game during the season. Very true. Like he did not play much during the season yeah. for for the superstar that he and, is. Uh, the it's last crazy. game, the last game, Chris Middleton only played twenty eight minutes. That's bullshit. He should be up at thirty five. They bullshit, but that's a that's a Bud thing. Yeah, like. And also, like Spolsters is sitting over there, and every time that Brooke Lopez goes in the game, guess what he does? Kelly Olynyk, get out there, and Kelly Olynyk is lighting them up. He's yeah. lighting them up again yeah. and again and again. Spolstra is out coaching, uh, but he really is. He really is, and it's it's just another testament to, to Spolstra as a coach. That team is super fun. Um, I still think this is going to be a competitive series because game two is damn competitive, mm-hmm. and you could you could make a case that they probably, well. I don't know that we we all talked about that Chris Middleton foul. I thought that was a bullshit foul. I, um, I, I thought I think I thought both fouls were bullshit. 
I th- I just truly thought that that Giannis file was a makeup call because they knew they fucked the other one up. So like, sorry, just fucking we'll just do it. I agree. Um, the the yeah, that was a weird like ending to that game. The, like, the, the refs need to call the fuck down. I'm tired of watching them call the games. Like, I want to watch the game, not spend time listening to you yell into the microphone at the people in the penalty box. Like, yeah, Mr. Davis, listen, you know I love you. We have we've had many conversations in the past. You got it. Fucking, t- this is not your show, dude. This is not your show. Fucking step back. Step back, folks. Um, um I, I think it goes to six. Is what I, I think, think so will too. happen. I think so too. I think both of these Eastern Conference series go to six. But man, if if Bud doesn't shorten up that lineup, and I mean, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like he's got to shorten that lineup up. We get, they got to get more from Chris Middleton. Um, and like, look, you're gonna have to get probably 40 minutes a game from Giannis. Like you got to get him. You got to keep him out there as much as possible. Um, I will say this. Wesley Matthews did a fucking hell of a job on Jimmy. Did a hell of a job on Jimmy. If that's your answer, then that's your answer. Eric Bledsoe's got to step up. They're not getting much production beyond Giannis right now. And Miami has just been, I mean, they haven't had, they haven't had, they haven't had their Duncan Robinson game yet. Duncan Robinson hasn't had his game yet. Like just wait. Yo, can we just talk about, like, I'm I'm a little upset that you haven't even mentioned it. Do you know who we who does not get enough credit for being a really 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 good player is Goran Dragic? Yeah, I was I was just about to bring him up. Yeah, I mean he the guy, he the guy was a was third team All NBA like three years ago. Had that injury, had some struggles with the injury, and then Miami basically asked him. He went from being like they signed him to a huge contract. He was like their star point guard, and then they basically asked him to play a six-man role, and he did it without any hesitation, without any questions, and has been really, really good. Yeah, I mean, since replacing Kendrick Nunn, it's, it's been a, a noticeable difference in his play. I mean, he's yeah. he's been incredible. Like, in game two, he was just killing them from the mid-range. Just like, they have nothing, they have nobody to, to throw at him. Also, Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero have been playing great. Two rookies that are stepping up at every moment that they have to. Yeah, I think Hero dropped like 14 last game. Like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like they haven't even had like Tyler they Hero, haven't even man. had their, their he's, he's a good yet. player. I like watching him play. There's so many teams that are looking at Tyler Hero. Like, how, why the fuck did we pass him up? Like Boston drafted Romeo Langford ahead of him. Yeah, like literally one spot ahead of him, and you oh, just have to man. look at that every game. Like Romeo son- Langford. <laughs> um, I talk about a guy that I just forgot. He was, man, um, man. I I should mention we kind of hit to that this briefly when we were talking about LeBron, but let's just like hit on this real quick. Predictions for the Rockets Lakers series. Rockets Obviously, game five, one tonight. Or, uh, Lakers, sorry, Lakers and five. Lakers and five. It's gonna be tough. I'm really interested to see how this series goes. Lakers because, and five. Although you know you know who has the highest defensive rating against Anthony Davis all season? PJ Tucker. Well, and Houston's been the best defensive team in the bubble. Like yeah. their defense, their defensive rating throughout the entirety of the bubble is the highest of any team. Like now, they are the worst rebounding team by a long, long margin. Like a large, which is margin. wild because the Celtics suck at rebound. I mean, but they, you know, you, you kind of expect it with that team. But their yeah. defensive, like their their defense, has been superb throughout the yeah. entirety of the, like. I, if I, anything's going to carry them in the series, it will be that they have multiple guys that they can switch on LeBron. Yeah, oh. and I feel like that's because like PJ Tucker. Robert, Robert Covington can play. They both play like 35 minutes a game, uh, maybe even 40 almost. Like they are constantly playing and they are so good at defense and they both, they know how to get into the passing lanes. They also know how to make great passes. 
like I give everything to the to the play of those two guys. They've been doing a great job the entire playoffs, the entire yeah. bubble. Um. So the next thing I want to talk about, we got hit with some major news yesterday. The Brooklyn Nets have hired Steve Nash as their head coach. Um, I, I think all of us really collectively, the entirety of the NBA and NBA Twitter and, and any NBA fans, um, were all caught off guard by this. Um, Tad, let's start with you. Uh, when you heard the news, thoughts about the hiring uh, and Steve Nash as a head coach in the NBA? Well, I audibly laughed when you texted us. <laughs> <laughs> like literally just like incredulously laughed and like you sent us that Woj tweet and I was just like what I was shocked. <laughs> like I just I like literally just laughed um yeah I mean like there, I think there's like some other proven guys you probably could have gone with but he's been in player development for the Warriors he's been really involved with the the Canadian national team and that sort of thing and like developing a lot of those young guys um Steve Nash is I think Steve Nash has a good personality to be a really good players coach, and I think he has enough knowledge of the game to actually be a really good coach. Like, I'm very interested to see how this goes, but like, I really want it to go well. Um, yeah, man. Like, I like I don't know. Uh, my brother, my brother texted me and was like, "Hopefully, he's not the next Jason Kidd." And I was like, "Well, Jason Kidd is a jackass and a terrible person." And I was like, "Steve Nash is a pretty likable guy. Doesn't seem like he's like too egocentric." Um, he obviously knows the game really well. I mean, like, you know, the guy's a two-time MVP point guard. Uh, that, that's, a, that's like the, the kind of pedigree I would like my head coach to have, frankly. Um, the lack of experience is a little alarming, but like, I mean, at the end of the day, like Steve Kerr was a GM and a broadcaster and then a head coach. And yeah, I mean, he took over the Warriors, but like <laughs> at the same time, Steve Nash got Kyrie and KD. So like how, you know. You know, how bad could it be? I don't know. I'm glad, I I'm glad well. you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up because so um a couple thoughts on this. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see Stephen A. Smith's uh rant yesterday on the Steve Dash hiring. I thought he made some really good points. I thought it was an interesting take on uh the subject. If you if you didn't, uh listeners, make sure and just check it out on YouTube. Um to to sum it up, the the too long don't read version is he basically said like the Steve Nash hiring uh, for the Nets is another case of white privilege in the NBA. Like a guy who doesn't really have an NBA resume uh, to speak of. Um, and there were multiple, multiple, multiple black candidates for this position who had ha- have years of coaching experience um, and some have winning pedigree um, and didn't even sniff an interview. Um, he did add the caveat that he really likes Steve Nash. I I agree with him on that point. I think to Tad's point, Steve Nash is an incredibly cerebral uh, player, or he was a cerebral player, and and thinks the NBA in a way that I think, or thinks basketball, I should say, in a way that is conducive to the way that the NBA game is played. My concern is, so we use Steve Kerr as kind of like the example of like a guy who had no head coaching experience. The, di- the there's a couple major differences. Number one, Steve Kerr had like vocally expressed interest in coaching and was up for the Knicks job and a couple other jobs when he got that Warriors job. Number one. Number two, when comparing the stars of the Warriors to the stars of the Nets, um, Steve Kerr benefited from having some pretty uh, 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 coach-centric and selfless players as his stars Oh yeah, I would not. I would not categorize Kyrie and KD as those type of players. No, it's a very, very tough role to jump into because 
they have championship expectations, not aspirations, expectations. And um, I really hope it goes well. I thought it was a weird hire. Uh, I listened to Sean Marks' interview with Woj yesterday. Sean Marks said that Steve Nash reached out to him based on their relationship from playing together and told him specifically that he wanted to interview for the job. Um, I like Steve Nash. I think on day one, he becomes the best dress coach in the NBA, 100%. And uh, I, I really, I have, I, I hope it goes well to Tad's point, but I thought it was a really fucking weird hire. Nikki thoughts. Um, yeah, I agree with you guys hundred percent. I also felt like it was a really weird hire. I do also kind of, I agree with Stephen A. Smith. I, there are so many black coaches that could have had this job or at least an interview and they did not. I truly think this is like a stunt hire, uh, for Brooklyn. Cause like truly like as they have Katie and Kyrie, they're going to win games if they're healthy and they have a great group of guys around them as well. Like they're going to win. I don't know how much you're going to need to worry about Steve Nash. That being said, I think Steve Nash will do do a good job. He understands the game very well. And I also think he is the type of person who is capable of managing egos enough that he'll be able to take these guys and be like, come on, we're going to work together and win. And then all of us will be very happy. I'm sure he seems like a guy who's be very capable of keeping Katie and Kyrie in line because he knows how to talk to players. Uh, and he, like I already said, he knows the game very well, and I'm sure he's going to do a good job. But I do not think he was. I, I don't think he was like. I don't think he's right for the job. I think someone else should have been given a chance first. But he's probably going to okay, do a good uh, job. Hold on, I'm gonna. I just like this whole thing. This whole like white privilege thing is like killing me because like I recognize that it's a thing. Jason Kidd, no head coaching experience, hired as a head coach. Doc Rivers, no head coaching experience, only a player hired as a head coach. Fucking Derek Fisher, no head, co- no coaching experience, hired as a fucking head coach. Like there's three black guys that I named off the the fucking like white privilege is a real thing and it's a terrible thing and it exists and I do not disagree. But in this case, like it's killing me. It's like, this is like, in this case, like you hired a guy who you're like, Hey, maybe this, like, let's shake things up. And like, this is an opportunity to like do something different. Like, yes, there are tons of, I think Nate McMillan should get a, a, a fucking head coaching job. And he probably would have done well there. Although Jay, fuck you. You disagreed. Oh, he doesn't like to shoot the three. Fuck off. He doesn't. I just, the, this, this thing I don't feel like is, is, is a case of white privilege. I feel like it's like a, Hey, there's a really good former player out there on the market who like wants to be a head coach and has done stuff in player development. Like, this is a chance to like yeah, when everybody else is zagging. So I'm sorry yeah, I got defeated about it. I, I apologize. No, no, I don't, I don't I disagree right. with you. I like even watching even watching Stephen A's take. I was like, I, I caught myself on the fence. I was in a very similar. Yeah, situation. There's, there's, I, like, I agree with some same, of the points. Same. I should say that. Like, so I shouldn't. I shouldn't get so up in arms about it. I just. I think it's like I, one I of those like, situations yeah. where I'm like, we gotta be. Like I just think we gotta be careful. It's like yes, that it definitely exists. And yes, like we have to make sure like that's not a thing that like influences stuff moving forward. But I think we also have to be careful when it's like if we call everything, then it's nothing. You know what I mean? I guess, I, I agree. If anything, I this is more of like a player privilege thing because this is definitely like a hey, there's a big name player. If we make him into a coach, that yeah. can draw tickets as well. Because guess what? Like like Nate McMillan, you're not gonna put a picture of him on like your tickets <laughs> and on your banners. But Steve Nash, you're gonna you're gonna fucking put Steve Nash in a nice ass fucking suit pointing into some sort of direction and it's just say Nets basketball. And I I get it. He he look he he does know how to wear a suit, he does know how to point. I he looks good in like every picture after the year 2012. And I, I get it. 
He's a very marketable person. It's going to work. I'm just thinking of your casual basketball fan getting a ticket with Nate McMillan on it and being like, yo, why is there a stock photo on my fucking ticket? (laughs) Like, I get they're going to be like, he must be the coach. But if you see a picture, if you see a billboard and Steve Nash is on it and it says the Nets, you're like, that's right. Steve Nash is the coach of the Nets. You might want to go to see that because you remember when that Canadian was great when you were a kid. I understand if you're marketing. I'm crying. <laughs> that was funny. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting hire. But like I said, like, I mean, we've all, we all agree that Steve Nash is a cerebral player. I actually, on the, on the positive side of this, I think what's really interesting is Kyrie, I don't know that he's ever had somebody in his corner who is like the equivalent style of player that he is now. Like two-time MVP, point guard, you know, guy who was like crafty with the ball. I think there's going to be a lot of really interesting conversations that happen between him and Kyrie. Um, and uh, it'll and KD, probably KD work. and Steve Nash have a really good relationship. Like before KD went to Golden State, they were training together in the offseason. So like there's some relationships there. I think it's interesting that they're also keeping Jack Vaughn as his lead assistant. Um, and like, look, let's call it let's call it what it is. Being a head coach Jack is more Vaughn. about like managing egos. Jack Vaughn is a guy I really wanted to succeed, but that guy stinks. He's such I mean, I a think bad there's, coach. There's there's something to say about what he did with the the carcass that was the the Brooklyn Nets going into the playoffs. I think he he got a lot out of sure. nothing. Um, but this is not that team next year, and he yeah. is not the coach for that team. He when he when he was a head coach in, in Orlando, and like I obviously really want him to succeed. I think he still has an opportunity to be a good head coach, but like. We would have like different starting lineups, like on just a it, like any given day, and like there would be guys that like just straight up wouldn't play, and you'd be like, "No, this guy played twenty eight minutes two games ago, and now he's getting a DMP CD. Like, what's going on?" Uh, yeah, man, I really want that guy to do well. I like, and I liked him when he was the head coach, but like, <sighs> he was a, a really, really bad coach. And don't get me wrong; those teams did not have a ton of talent. They were really, really bad. Uh, but like, I mean, he, he won, he won 15 games in his last season before they fired him. I wish him yeah, success, right. but yeah, he just, God, I, I like Jock Vaughn. He was like, he was like a, like really average, like little role. Play. I don't know. Jock Vaughn just, I, I really liked him and I really wanted him to do well. And anytime anybody brings it up, it just makes me sad. I was really excited <laughs> for him as a head coach. So I'm sorry for getting on my soapbox there, but all good. Yeah. It's a great good. name. Um, so it really is. <laughs> it really is. He's got a cool name. Let's uh because I've got uh we're it's the middle of the day on a Friday. We've never done this before, and I've got stuff I gotta do for my actual job. So um let's wrap up rapid fire reactions to the awards that have been uh that have been given thus far. We didn't get a chance to react last week, so I will name off the reward. You have 30 seconds to react. Uh coach of the year, Nick Nurse, Nikki. Congratulations. No, he's did a great job during the regular season. Uh, the Raptors, we didn't think they were going to be as good as they did. Two seed, two years in a row. Congrats. Not going to win two years in a row, though. Taddy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like same thing. Like, shouts Nick Nurse. Good coach. Uh, I think we all, like, I think we talked about, like, shortlist for coach of the year, like, at one point on this podcast, and uh, we all agreed that he was on, like, he was in, like, the running. He was, like, one of the three, you know, contenders. So, shouts to Nick Nurse. Awesome story. Dude coached in London for a while. Went to my alma mater. Go you and I Panthers. Let's go. 
Shout out to Nick Nurse. Congratulations, dude. Super proud of you. Next, most improved player. Tad, you don't get to speak on this. Nikki, go. Brandon Ingram wins. Uh, great job. Kind of messed up. Devontae Graham only got like one uh, vote, I believe they said. Uh, but yeah, I think it was a great job for for uh, Brandon Ingram. He's going to get maxed out. Congratulations. I agree. I think he deserved it. I think he made a, a, a massive improvement from year to year. Um, for a guy who was the number two overall pick, had a great season, first time All Star, um, shot thirty nine percent from three this year compared to like thirty four percent last year. Um, I, no disagreements here at all. Tad, you get two seconds. There it is. All right, all right. Um, next, we have Defensive Player of the Year, which is awarded to our friend Giannis. Tad, we'll start with you. Yes, congratulations to Giannis for winning Defensive Player of the Year and then being being unwilling to guard Jimmy Butler in a game where Jimmy Butler scored 40 points. Uh, also, shout out to Giannis for winning MVP. Like, we're just going to do it now. We just do it now. We're already talking about him. He's winning both. Yeah, 100%. It's like, it's like, it's, I was like going to say it's an open secret, but like, is anybody trying to keep it secret? It's just an open uh, thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's assumed at this point. Um, Nikki, your your hubby, he won. So uh, I would like to say the exact same thing I said about the Nuggets and Jamal Murray. I called it. I started off the season said he was winning Defensive Player of the Year and MVP, you and uh, it feels good. It feels real good. You did call it one you of really the greatest did. statistical seasons in NBA history. Still not going to win a championship though. He yeah, needs a, he needs his he needs his Kobe. He's Shaq. He needs his Kobe. And Chris Middleton is not it. He looks like it, bald, about the same height, not Kobe. I think that's a great call. I think it's a great call. Um, yeah, great job, Giannis. Another great season. Um, you are one of the best players in the league, or if not the best player in the league. Kind of and, boring uh, to watch. Uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, like, like dunks are fun, but it's not like he's like dunking like Vince Carter. Like, yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's just a freak. Man. He's, he's a, a big, freak. It's just insane watching him run up and down and block and jump. And dunk. Yeah, the athleticism is is unbelievable. But like, I will say this: he is the number one player. I think of when I say reasons you have to see a basketball game live. We saw him live; it was amazing seeing those fucking limbs flying through the air, oh, dunking sure. on every last human being who was in his way. One hundred percent. One last thing I will say on this Milwaukee Bucks team: uh, they're old. They yes, they're old. They're old. Yeah, they're I was old. actually. It's. I'm glad you said that because I was watching that game the other day and I was like, "Dude, yeah." I literally was like, "These dudes are. They're old. They're old. They have yep. guys, multiple guys that are in their mid to late 30s." No, yep. Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton are both 31. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Giannis is only 25. Eric Bledsoe is 25. No, Eric Bledsoe. Can I, yeah. Eric Bledsoe and I are the same age. No, he's 30. Yeah. No, brother, no. He's he's twenty nine. I, I I gotta Google this. I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure. Well, George right Hill's in his thirties. He's 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 he's, he's thirty. So he'll turn he'll turn thirty one in in December. So he is he is two years older than me. So that's yeah. my bad. I'm sorry. I thought we were the same age. I apologize. Nope. Totally. Uh, yeah, the Lopez twins Wait, we are thirty. He went to, both 30, we, we graduated high school. I think we graduated high school in the same year. How does that yeah, make any you're sense? About to be 30. Yeah, and he's about to be, he'll be 31 a month before I turn 30. He's one of those guys, man. Maybe he got held back. Um, last award, rookie of the year, last night, yesterday, was awarded to John Morant. Um, Nikki, 
Yeah. Uh, we hilariously forgot to say this at the beginning of the season. When the when the season first started, we were like, since Zion's hurt, who do we think? And we all just None forgot. of us said John Morant. Not and one then, of us. Literally not a not even a week later, John Morant was like, No, you will all remember I am winning this. We, and it was from that I moment on. I genuinely forgot all, about him. Yeah. For one only for one week. And in all honesty, I think it was only like three or four games at that point that we had seen when we had said that. John Morant from the beginning to end has been the rookie of the year. He's been a blast to watch, and I cannot wait for him to continue playing very well. Boom. Tad? Uh yeah, I mean, like, shouts to John Morant. He had a phenomenal season. Uh, looks like, you know, we talk about this a lot, and I think you mentioned earlier, but, like, league's in a pretty good place, man. Like, there's a lot of really, really, really good, young, um, talented players. So, yeah, man, good for him. Super exciting. He's so much fun to watch. Um, I hope that Memphis can really build a team around him so that, and, like, I, I'd like to see them compete. Uh Seeing them honestly just like get get that close as they did, you know. Obviously, they went down to the Blazers and you know would have gotten cock slapped by the Lakers just like the Blazers did. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I really just want. I mean, we've seen LeBron's penis before. We have. I, I've never seen LeBron's penis. It was on national TV. It was adjusting his shorts, and the camera guy was on him. And if, if you just that was it was you saw his penis. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the cold open. congratulations to John Morant well deserved uh, he is he is a star in the making Zion got one vote but finishing third I don't understand math uh, <laughs> anything else we want to talk about here before we wrap up boys uh, no alright well let's plug and let's get out of here Follow me on Twitter at Tad Hall underscore. Follow me on Instagram at Tad.Hall. That's T-A-D dot H-A-L-L. Follow me at Nikki Palooza. And you can follow me at J underscore Keyless on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow NBA at NBA Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, make sure you give the podcast a five-star rating and review. We greatly appreciate it. We had a pretty good week last week. Got some got some listens from some people. That was cool. Um, all right. Well, for Tad, for Nikki, for Jay, this has been NBA. We're out. There's a whole lot of Mexican going on at Taco John's.